Welcome, everyone, to the nationwide broadcast of this podcast, known as the Mini Bubbles, where two worlds collide, father and sons. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Mini Bubbles podcast. This is your host, uh, Robert, and my son, Junior. And we have a very, very special guest, like we mentioned in the uh, on Facebook. His name is Danny de la Paz. Danny. Hello, hello, everybody. Danny de la Paz. If you guys don't know who he is, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Because absolutely, <laughs> go stand in the corner with a cone on your head, <laughs> and don't come out until you remember. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to Danny right on a bit. Let's play our uh, catch up real quick. It's been a week. Um, so far, Junior, what have you been doing this past week? Uh, just the usual, going out to the store to get, uh, food, and then, uh, playing on the Minecraft server with my friends. And you've been watching a lot of movies, huh? Oh, yeah. A lot of movies. And also, uh, how, did, how do you feel not being in school? Are you okay. excited? Are you now, not now excited? it's starting to get to me. It's starting to get to you now? Yeah. What, not being with other people, not being... Yeah, just not being, like, uh, with friends and everything, and then... Now, now I've been starting to just want to go outside for my uh, bike ride from school and then back home. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting tough. Like, uh, even here at work right now, you know, starting to get, uh, starting to bust down on, you know, we, I work at a retail store where now they're starting to only use one entrance, one exit, and, you know, a few people at a time, you know, um, they're starting to screen us also as we go in for work if we're sick, if they think we're sick. They're going to send us home. The good thing is we get sent home with pay. So that's a good thing. Um, but it's just getting crazy. And I don't know, you know, we just got to see what's, what's up with this. <clears throat> what about you, Danny? Anything going on with you? I've just been very busy with my website. Yep. Your website is uh, uh, DDLP merch. DDLP merch.com, right? Yes, and it's yes. been keeping me very busy. It went up in November, right there at the around the time of Black Friday last year. Yeah, and it's a you know a website is it's a job, man. It is a job. Let me tell you. Yeah, just you, all the orders come in at all times. Yeah, and you got to stay on top of the site itself and keep it fresh, and uh, you know make sure you've got a good um, nexus or connection with your your customers, your your mm -hmm. fan base, your demographic, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So it does keep me on my toes. <clears throat> Well, that's good. At least while you're taking that time off right now with this whole coronavirus, it just keeps you still busy, right? In a way, it's good for me because I need to put this kind of time into that website. If I really want to get something out of it, I need to yeah. put something seriously into it. So this kind of, in a way, forced me to do it, you know? You're the only one that takes care of it, right? So you don't have nobody yes. else like shipping, doing nothing for you? No, I'm the sole proprietor. So what happens when you go out? Because you do a lot of uh, conventions, a lot of you know, uh, not conventions, but uh, what do they call it? Did. Did. Yeah, you did for, for a while. But um, all those orders wait till you come back? or No, I've got a phone. Okay. And when I travel, sometimes I take certain items with me in case they, you know, people mm -hmm. want them. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and otherwise, usually I'm only gone for a weekend. I'll come back. I'll just tell people, I'll tell the customer, they, you know, that I'm going to send it out to them the following Monday or the following Wednesday or whatever the day is. Well, that's pretty smart. Usually people, you know, order something and when they're out of the, you know, they're busy or whatever, we, they t tend to wait till, you know, the person comes back and they send it out. And sometimes, I really you know, try to put myself in the position of the customer. Yeah. And customer service to me is like the most important thing. I try, like, sometimes even on the same day, I'll put the order out. Yeah. If, if I'm here and you order something and there's still time to make it to the post office or whatever, boom, yeah. it'll be on its way. The same day. That's that's good. Yeah, yeah. Because like I said, um, there you go, people. If you guys order right away, ddlpmerch.com. If you guys it's order, me, it's really me. It's really me. I'm the one doing it, and yeah. um, you know, being handled by you, not a uh, second person. Yes, not not uh, not anybody else but me. Not even a robot. Do you like seeing like uh, today? I was uh noticing a lot of people were uh, posting pictures of you, the stuff you sent them, and. You know, they're real happy with the stuff. Oh, it's great. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, they're helping me so much by doing that because they let others see, yep. you know, what, what, what does this stuff look like or what does he have or, yeah. you know, what's on that site? 
And when the people post the pictures like that, it's like the best advertising you could ever get, you know? Plus, you see how happy they are and how satisfied they are with their purchase. And I want people to feel like they got their money's worth, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I saw, like I said, I saw a poster today. I mean, you said him really nice. I mean, if people want like a nice autograph, uh, I, you know, I used to be, uh, years back, I used to go out and, and collect autographs. And, and you know, there's some that people, you pay them to give you an autograph and they really give you a, a, a crappy autograph, tell the truth. Yeah. Yours yeah. are real nice, detailed, you know, you put a nice color on it so it, it pops, you know? Oh yeah, you know no, I'm very, I'm very uh, conscious about the aesthetics of it. I want it to look good because sometimes with these, these autographed posters and items, whatever they might be, people are going to save them for quite a long time and even pass them on yeah. to their children or their children's children. So I want to create something that's going to maybe last a while, you know, and if they really are going to take care of it and keep it, they'll be happy to do that because it looks nice. Yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, also, other other you know conventions, uh, uh, places where other actors go, and they can add people onto those too. Yes. Yes, because like I said, uh, I remember I told I was telling you a story the other day when I went to um, uh, Days of the Dead uh, horror convention, and I saw Willem Forsythe there, mm -hmm. and uh, I took my American Me poster. When he saw it, his face literally dropped because everybody was taking him, you know, all this other stuff that he's done and this and that. And when he saw it, he was looking at me like he was shocked, like. Oh wow! Somebody knows this because this is supposed to be a horror convention, you know. Yes. So when I took it, and he stopped us right away, me and my wife, and he stopped and he told me, "This is the best movie I've ever done." He goes, "I have so many memories with this movie." That's that's what he told me. Well, and he he was a godsend in terms of casting because imagine trying to find a white boy yeah. who can do the Chicano onda in terms of their behavior, their speech, yeah. their mannerisms, their the way they walk, the way they dress, and pull it off. Yeah. Bro, he, he did it. Yeah. And the thing is, he, I mean, he plays somebody in, uh, you can say somebody in real life, you know, I don't want to say names to disrespect anybody, but if you yeah. know who I'm talking about, you know, he yes. looks just like him. Yes, he does. When it, was, head, it was crazy. Yeah, he did look very much like him. Yeah. Enough to where you get the idea, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, he's, again, American Me. That's where uh, we, I saw Willem Forsythe. And you know, Willem Forsythe has very... been in quite a lot of films. A yeah. lot, a lot of films. He's been in a lot, yeah. It's like I said, it, it was shocking to me for him to say that because, to me, I thought it was just another random movie, you know? That was just so awesome. It just goes to show you that, that, that American Me has a special place in William's heart, you know? Yeah, it does, yeah. And I think it should because it's a, it's a movie that a lot of people really, really like. I mean, true... True fans of that movie are hardcore fans. Yeah, well, and I know that I know that many of them who've met him have have you know extended their appreciation of his work in the film to him, and I'm sure he's felt it and and, and really you know realized the impact that he's made in the culture on, by being in that movie. Yeah, and it's everybody in that the way uh, Edward James almost wrote it. He made mostly every single character in there mean something. Yes, I mean your part in that movie. You know, to do that at the end, it's, who would do that? You know what I mean? Yes, but it was the, it was the point that the movie was trying to make. Yeah. It's, it's what the, it's what the two characters symbolize. Okay, yeah. here, think about it. Here's two brothers. Yeah. Now they're blood related, right? Mm -hmm. One brother is killing the other brother. Yes. You know, it's Cain and Abel. It, it goes yes. as old as the Bible. Yes. But think about it. What they, what do they symbolize? They symbolize two Chicanos, whether they're blood related or not, mm -hmm. killing each other. Yep. Yep. So that's the story of the whole, you know, gang situation, period. Yeah, that's the they're, whole They're not problem. killing anybody from another culture. Yeah. They're just destroying their own people. Yeah. And that's and fascinating. What you, when you think about the mentality of that, it's like, what could make you do that? Because yeah. people say, you know, how can he kill his own brother? And I turn to them and say, Chicanos are killing their own brothers in the streets of East every LA and everywhere day. else every single day of the year. What are you talking about? How can he kill his own brother? Are you, are you serious right now? Everybody's That's like, how I feel about it. When yeah, it's like shocked. Like you've never seen it before. I'd be shocked that a brother would kill. They're, they're doing it every day. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing new. It's, it's the fact it's kind of old hat now, you know? I wanted to ask Junior a question since we're on the subject. Okay. Yeah. Junior, how, how young are you? Uh, 16. 
okay, this movie is older than you are. Mm -hmm. So how do you think people of your generation look at this movie? Because it seems to me that this movie is popular with people who are, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 and there. That's what I've noticed. How do you feel about it? I mean, in terms of your people, your age or your generation, how they view the movie, what do they think of the movie? Um, I don't know many people who've seen the movie my age, but I think they would like it because of the story it's trying to tell. And especially the, the ending that happens to, uh, oh my God, it's been, <laughs> it's been a couple of months. <laughs> to the Edward James Olmos character? Yeah. But, uh, cause his, one, his death is, like, he just accepts it because he knows it's going to happen. And especially a little puppet dying, too. Yes. And can I tell you something that's interesting that you might not be conscious of, uh, both of you, is that the movie of American Me, okay, as far as what's taking place in the present tense, mm -hmm. is really only about maybe seven minutes long. Mm -hmm. seven, seven or eight minutes. Because the only time in American Me when it's happening right now in this moment, okay, is when he's in the cell, cleaning yeah. the cell, preparing to die. Mm -hmm. Anytime you're outside of that cell, anywhere else, it's already happened. Everything already happened. It's all in the past. Yeah. The whole movie's in the past. Yeah. And people don't remember that when they watch it. They think that they're in the present. No, not only is the zoot suit stuff in the past, all of it's in the past, except for when he's in that cell preparing to die and when they approach the cell and, you know, he comes out and then they kill him. Yeah. That's the only time it's in the, you know, in the now, so to yeah. speak. Did you ever, uh, I mean, do you read, I'm, I'm thinking you do read books, right? Oh, I love to read. I'm an avid reader. Did you ever read The Black Hand with uh, Renee Boxer Enriquez? Yes, I did. And I also read the other one, The Mexican Mafia by... Um, yeah, uh, Raymond... What's his name? Mundo. What do you call it? He's called Mundo, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of... A, of, of but uh, I, read them, I read them both. They were both very thick yeah. partbacks. So what did you think about those parts when he said that the Mexican Mafia was trying to reach out to Edward James Olmos? Well, I don't... You know, when you read books, it's, it's one person's perspective, one yeah. person's story, one person's word against another. How do I know what's true? I have no, I have no way of knowing. There's no way to measure who's because, telling the truth. Because you guys actually filmed that movie in prison, right? We shot it in Folsom Prison. Yeah. And at Chino. Okay. And Central Juvenile Hall, where we also shot uh, Boulevard Nights. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Boulevard Nights and American Me have a couple of things in common. Yeah. You know, the, the scene where I, um, where we, you know, punish, for lack of a better word, the Italian boy. Yeah. Mm. That scene was shot in the basement of the hotel where they take, of the hotel, of the hospital where they take Chuco oh, after okay. he's been shot. Okay. In the basement of what used to be the Queen of Angels Hospital. Yeah. Right near the Pomona Freeway right there. Yeah. In that basement is where we shot that scene with the Italian boy, and it's the same hospital that Boulevard Nights was shot at. Mm -hmm. And then Boulevard Nights was also shot when I went to, when Chuko goes to Juvenile Hall, at Central Juvenile Hall, which is where they shot the 50s stuff when Santana was a young man and he was in Juvenile Hall. That was also yeah. Central Juvenile Hall. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. We started rapping about the movies already when we still got a whole subject about that. Oh uh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's good, it's good, it's good. Don't get me started. <laughs> All right. So our next thing is uh, we have these uh, pod deck questions that we go through, me and my son, every week. We pick one out. Again, if you guys are starting your own podcast, make sure you guys uh, buy these or poddecks.com. They come with random questions. And we, again, we pick one out of, the, out of the, we shuffle the cards out of the 52 cards and we ask each other questions. So, Junior, what's your question? Uh, my card is what technology do you wish existed? What technology do you wish existed? Uh, let's see. Damn, uh, what's it called? Uh, Can I answer that? I forgot the name for it, but um, in the Blade Runner, uh -huh. they have a they have like a whole bunch of commercials on like walls, like uh, like sort of like holographics, mm -hmm. ho uh, holograms, and like they come at you and everything. And I kind of wish that existed, even if, even though it's just commercials and stuff like that. Oh, you're cool. saying like holographic commercials are yeah. out in the street and about mm -hmm. like holograms uh, and everything. That'd be I think it happened like in uh, Back to the Future when uh, 
he was in the middle of the town and Jaws came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, technology for me, which existed, I mean, I I guess flying cars. (laughs) It's about time that uh, LA traffic is kind of crazy, right? (laughs) Yeah, flying cars. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Danny? What technology do you wish existed? Well, it will exist soon, but it's not here yet. Time travel. Yeah. I want to go back in time. Really? To do what? I want to see events that I, I want to see what really happened. Would you, okay, so this is the question that people, when people say this, this is a question I like to ask. Would you change anything or would you just go to look? No, you can't change anything because that's against the, the, yeah. the laws. Yeah. You can't change things. Yeah. You can't have any, any go back and do anything. Like in Back to the Future, you, you won't be allowed to do that. Yeah. But you could go back and experience or, you know, see. Yeah. I mean, people would, I'd want to go on certain movie sets and see how certain films that I love and adore old movies were filmed and yeah. how, what, what, what it was like on the set or maybe go to the assassination of a President Kennedy and, yeah, yeah. Jack- you know, just be right there in Dallas and walk around and see what's really, what's really going down here. You know? I think did, it was- did it really happen like they said it happened or? Yeah. I think there was a show on uh, Amazon. I think it was 1973 or something like that it was called. Oh, uh, yeah. What was it called? 1973, yes. right? Yeah, pretty sure it was. Where they would send him back in time and he has to try to stop the assassination. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it just every single time he would mess up, like we said, you know, he just would ruin something else. And it, he couldn't fix it. So he kept trying to go back and back and back. And it just, but they never, I don't think they ever finished the show on Amazon. Oh, I don't know. I've never seen that. Yeah, I like the, it's, uh, with Franco, what's his name? Uh, James? Uh, yeah, James yeah. Franco. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good, it's a good show. It's on Amazon. But yeah, time travel for me would be a technology that, you know, would, I would, that would fascinate me, absolutely fascinate me. Yeah. Let's find these yours. Uh, those are mine. And then these are the extra ones? No, those are yours. Are we live, by the way? No, 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 it is pre-recorded. Okay, great. Oh, was I not supposed to say that? You can cut it out later, I guess. No, no, you're good. No, no. <laughs> you're good. I don't know you're trying to fool your audience into believing that you're live or not. That's why nah. I don't know. Trust me, this is not going to stay in there. We don't know really that. It's, yeah, people will get it. It's funny. All right. Uh, let me see. So my question, if I can find it, I just lost it. Jesus Christ. Uh, who is your favorite hero of fiction? Who is your favorite hero of fiction? My favorite fictional hero. Yeah. I think mine will be, I would have to go Batman. Nah, damn it. (laughs) I would have to go Batman. Okay. I mean, he's, I mean, not because he's rich and he's this and that, but the way he's smart into uh, figuring out stuff, into, you know, um, trying to help out people, trying to, you know, save people. In that sort of way, not because he has the money, he has the girls, he has this, or you know, but he's he's actually trying to do good. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I was also gonna say Batman because I like the way uh, uh what's it called the people who because sometimes uh comic writers they end up making whole different twists on them, and I always loved their twists like a uh, Red Sun, I think it was. It was like a communist version of Batman and Superman. It'd mm-hmm. be like what happened if uh superman landed in russia instead of uh, the u.s mm, that's a good question and then there was a whole another one where uh it was uh what if he killed the joker and he ended up turning into a joker slash uh batman hybrid because mm. when he kills the joker i guess there was joker gas or whatever and uh he put uh joker gas in his body so whoever would kill him would become the next joker what he didn't expect was batman to kill him and so he ultimately became the next Joker, or at least a hybrid of him. And he ended up killing everybody in his universe. Interesting. It, yeah, it created like a whole other comic series that was pretty good. It's mm, crazy. What about you, Daddy? Uh, I think I would choose the Iron Giant. The Iron Giant, that's a good one. Yes, because ultimately he, he um, – sacrificed the most important thing to save others, you know, which was yeah. himself. Yeah. And I just thought that that was so, what that, what that said was so beautiful, what he was willing to do for other people 
Mm-hmm. But he was willing to give up his life for them. Yeah. That, that was like, that just blew me away. That, that's a very spiritual um, film, The Iron Giant. Yeah, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite characters, animated or not, of yeah. all time. I love that character. Now, do you believe we'll ever have uh, uh, robots? I mean, I feel like there's some out there, but they don't want to, you know, bring them out yet. Do you feel like uh, there's, you know, have you seen like iRobot and stuff like that? Yes. Like those, you, do you think there's something out there like that? Or do, will we ever get to that point in our lifetime? Yes, I do think that, that there is. And I think there's an agenda too that's called transhumanism. Yeah. Which is a um, effort to blend humans with, with robotic technology, yeah. if you will. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, those, those are things that I, I, I tell people, Oh, we're ready. People always tell me when I talk about these things, oh, we're ready to see it. We're ready to do this. I go, no, we're not. I go, we're going crazy over toilet paper for a pandemic yes. that's going on. And we're, ready, and we're ready to see a robot. We're ready to see an yeah, can you imagine? We can't even take care of the homeless problem. And we're going to be dealing with robotics. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, come on. Let's, you know, one thing at a time here. Yeah. When we're the masters of the universe, like we should be, then we can move on to that. But yeah. Until then, I just don't see the point. If we messed up everything else, why should, why would we mess that up too? Yeah, was like a, a buddy of me yesterday. I was talking to him when I was at work, and he was saying uh, uh, that he's ready for. Uh, we should be ready for aliens. I go, really? I go, if there was aliens, it would mess up the whole Bible, uh, you know, the whole religion thing. The whole it will blow people's mind away because all of a sudden there's something else besides us. Well, for us to think that, you know, to have an ego that's so huge, to think we're the only yeah. race on the planet, is that's, I think that's ridiculous. And the fact is that they're already here and have been here for centuries. Yep. We just don't know it. Yeah, I, saw, I showed my son the movie uh, with the Rowdy Rowdy Piper, uh, They Live. Yes, I love that movie. <laughs> I told him about that. I go, who knows? That's what probably it really is. Yes. Uh, that's I a great John Carpenter movie. I'm still looking for those glasses. I want to get me a pair of those glasses. <laughs> They're not all, yeah. They look like Lokes, but they never are, right? You know, if you could put them on and just see who people really are, can you imagine? Yeah, I always tell people, they're Lokes. Only Mexicans can see them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We ought to remake They Live Chicano style. Right? That would be really cool. You yeah, find finds a bunch of Lokes. Yeah, right. Imagine just a bunch of cholos fighting Lokes. Yes, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be a good movie. Uh, all right, so we're done with those pod decks. Yeah, remember, people, you can buy those pod decks at poddecks.com. Poddecks.com, uh, okay. Yeah. And then there's random, they have four different types of uh, pod decks you guys can buy there. Um, all right, let's jump into the next um, weekly news coronavirus. What's your look? What's your take into it, uh, Danny? You know, there's there's so much about what's happening right now that we don't know the truth about, mm-hmm. and it's so hard for people to deal with a situation like we're dealing with mm-hmm. when we don't even have the facts. Yeah, we have no facts. There's so many facts. And everyone's, there's so much fear involved because it's, it's the unknown, you know. Yeah. I would just say that no matter what the truth is, no matter how it really happened, whether it's a conspiracy, whether it's been created by the elites or the controlling system or whatever mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, reduce the population or whatever, is that we can't allow it to make us insane. Yeah. We cannot allow this to make us eat each other and, and fight with each other and quarrel and battle over toilet paper or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what you said earlier is that's just so sad to see that people get like that. It's like, all right, so we're in this situation together, whether it's been created by the elites or not, but we have to deal with it yeah. one way or another. But, the, but that's not the way to deal with it is by us turning on each other like that. Yeah. So that's what concerns me more than anything else is not so much the virus, yeah it's that exactly that's the real virus is fear that's the real virus right there fear will spread so fast it's unbelievable how fast fear will spread and it's greater than it's greater than any virus fear fear will just destroy us as as a society yeah and and it's like i always tell people um your i mean the quote i i I mean i saw the quote from um shot collars have you seen that movie 
Shot Callers. I think I did yeah. see that film. Yeah, that's the, that's the one where the guy becomes he's a lawyer or a stockbroker. And yes, yes, I like that film. That's a great movie. But you remember the scene with he's with the beast and he tells him our mind is our greatest enemy. Yes, he puts it no other way, and that's why I always tell people because I used to be a troublemaker. I used to do you know bad things, bad decisions. Did you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot. You were a little travieso. <laughs> yep, and it's just like. Why? Why do you have so much hate when there's so much, there's people that have it so much worse than me. There's so much people that have other things going on in their life. Yes. And, and us just for, for dumb things. And I tell people too that have, you know, sometimes um, depression. I remember these things. You're doing this to yourself because you're letting your mind beat you up. You know, yes. depression is a strong, really, you know, a, a thing that can ruin you if, if you let it, you know. Uh, some yes, I know. Catch- I've experienced it myself. It's yeah. very, it's very intense. Yeah, and it's like I said, and that's what I tell my son too. I tell him, if you can't control your mind, you're gonna ruin yourself. You know, and that's why I had to do that when I was younger. You know, like, why am I doing this? You know, this and that. You know, better yourself. Be happy. And every day, you know, I wake up happy. I'm glad I'm alive. I'm glad I'm have a roof over my head. I'm glad I'm, you know, have my kids with me. But you know what? It's your choice to feel that way. You are choosing that. Yeah. You're making a conscious decision that you are going to choose this as opposed to that, which is depression or which is not feeling good about yourself or low self-esteem or whatever it is. You're making a conscious choice. You're saying, no, I'm not going to pick that. I'm going to pick this instead. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that people need to do is to get in the driver's seat of their mind where they're driving the car. Mm -hmm. And not let it be driven by outside forces, you know? It's, it's your life. It's your mind. Yeah. And you're, you're right. The mind is a very powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I tell people, like, I, you know, with the whole virus thing, it's like, like you said, it's already here. They made it, con- you know, conspiracy theories, whatever it is. We as people got to be strong about it and deal with it. We've dealt with yeah. everything else in the world back from the 18, 17, 1500s. And we've gotten to this point. Why would we let something like this destroy us as human beings? Yes, we have to do what we have to do, you know. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Yep. You know, <laughs> and, it, and it's just like I tell you, like, people are going crazy, you know, for, for I mean, we had a, a, a person the other day yell at us because uh, we're not wearing, because we weren't wearing gloves and we weren't wearing masks. It's like, I don't understand. You're worried about that when we're the ones that are here every single day dealing yeah. with thousands and thousands of people. And you're worried about just because I'm not wearing gloves, you know, yeah. calm down. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I know what you're saying. I see it out there in public when I'm out there, you know, whether I'm at the post office or at the market. Yeah. Just people treating each other in a way where it's like, man, you they're acting like they, like they don't, like they don't want to have recognized that you're a human being. Yeah. Yeah. It's very weird how everybody's treating each other right now. That's what I've noticed. Something I don't appreciate. You know, yes, I know we're going through a difficult time, but you can still be kind. You can still be polite. Mm-hmm. You can still be respectful. Mm-hmm. You don't have to treat everybody like they're the enemy exactly. or like they're sick or they're going to make you sick. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? You die. Hello? We all gotta die you die. Somewhere. And I have, I have news for you. Once you're dead, you're probably going to like it a lot better than being here, quote unquote, so, uh, so-called so alive, you know? Yeah. So I don't see why people would be so, they're just so, why let, them, why let yourself be so negative? Exactly. Why do that to yourself? So I agree with you. They, they, they're not in control of their mind. Yeah. And they're allowing outside influences to affect them in a very negative way. And mm-hmm. making the situation worse, in my opinion, not better and becoming part of the problem instead of part of the solution yeah but anyway don't get me up on my on my modelo soapbox (laughs) come down i changed the name of the virus to modelo because i got pissed at their that uh, poor coronas you know well did you see that uh, corona in mexico stopped production Oh God, that's so sad. It is. It is. It's like, are you people really think that's because of this? I'm like, again, you know, another it, thing. Yeah. Another really? thing. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, another thing that just keeps people like again. Like, it, it, how do you? Should the Queen of England stop wearing her crown too? I mean, in protest or what? <laughs> well, did you see also uh, her husband or not her husband? Her son is the one that got sick. Uh, oh man. 
Prince Charles? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. All that celebrity stuff to me is the celebrity world is so full of you know what. Yeah. That I don't believe any of it on face value at all. Yeah. I just don't. They could tell you Prince Charles has got it. They could tell you whoever's got it. I don't believe any of it. Yeah, true. I, mean, I just it's like, think it's all a show. Yep. It's like but one big one big television show. Again, it's it's out there to to control us basically. Yes, it's a part of the control mechanism, you know. And and I mean, can you believe what they've been able to do? They oh, have yeah. shut the system down completely. Not just us, but the whole world is shut down. Yep. I mean, that's just incredible. And just yeah, what they're saying, you know, just what they're saying is another thing that gets me. You know, to me, it's what it says is to you little people out there, right? You little yeah. consumers, you little eaters, consumers, whatever they want to call you. You can't even wipe your ass without us. <laughs> That's true. You can't even wipe your pinche nalgas without us, Bubba. Yeah. What do you think about this whole uh, stimulus package? Stimulus package. Oh, my God. Bro, it's like, how long is that going to last? I, did you, it's so, and and no, there's to print more paper money. There's no value to it. There's no backing yeah. to it. It's just... They're just printing money out of thin air. Yeah, I tell people, I go, you know, we're getting this money from the federal bank. We don't yes. own the federal bank. I tell them. There's nothing federal about about the, uh, you know, the federal bank. Or yeah. Call it. I go, we don't own the bank. The United States does not own that bank. I go, we're no, it's not federal. There's nothing federal. It's about as federal as Federal Express. Yep. It's just a name. It's all it is. Yes. Yeah, that's I, I tell people, but you know they don't understand that. And I go, it's just basically a lot of people do understand it. People are waking up to that. They really are. Yeah, but how much? But it's like I tell people, how much people are like, yeah, we should do this and we should do that. I go, when it happens, I go. It just reminds me, of, like when me and my buddy Joe, when we used to work at, uh, you know, when I used to work with him, and people would complain about, uh, you know, the way we work and this and that, and everybody would be like, well, let's go complain. Everybody goes, fifteen people go, and then only one person stands up. And then we were like, right, guys? Everybody stays quiet. Nobody <laughs> says nothing. It's like, are you kidding me? Hello? Am I the only one up here by myself? <laughs> well, here we are, all of us dealing with this situation as best we can. And yeah. none of us know what's in the future or what's coming down the line. But uh, I just think that we're not going to ever go back to being, quote, unquote, normal again. Oh. That's my personal opinion. There's going to be a new normal. Yeah. And this is the introduction of that new normal. Yep. Well, let's get over with the sad news now. <laughs> so now, okay, where are we moving on? Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> so today we got a question with that every episode. Well, I think we missed the last episode. We got too caught up. Yeah, we got. Uh, caught up. Oh no, no, we didn't. We didn't. No, we did. It was the one way about the if my mom ever hit me. Oh yeah. So we do question of the week. Question with dad, which is called, which is when Junior asks me any random question that he okay. wants to about my past. Because, like I said, this is a show where I want him to know stuff about me, and I want to know stuff about him. No, I want to have I that, like that that father distance. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, go ahead. Do you, do you have what's your question? Of course, you are six feet away from each other right now, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> liar! Liar! <laughs> Don't come and arrest us. <laughs> so, what's the question, Junior? Uh, growing up. Uh, Assuming you went to any movie theaters, did you have any uh, favorite like horror movies that you ever saw or were scared of? Well, there were, okay, so yeah, I did. Uh, my favorite movie that I ever went to go see and I went to go see by myself and also with a couple of friends about a dozen times was uh, um, Freddy's Revenge. So that came out in 90s, 92, 93, something like that. It's called, uh, that was the one where they had the 3D glasses for the first time. Mm. So uh, that's, um, we went to go see that a lot of times. And then what else did you say? Oh, and the one that I was scared of? Yeah. Um, I was scared of It, the movie It back then. But there's a reason, a whole story back to it. <laughs> when I was uh, third, no, when I was 12, I used to smoke marijuana. <laughs> Uh, I, one time I was smoking it with my friends. I did not know it was laced with a, another drug called angel dust. So when I, Ouch. yes. So when I smoked that, 
and I was watching the movie It. I watched it all, and I had to run across, basically across town to my house. So I was walking, and all of a sudden, in front of me, after the two blocks away, three blocks away, I see Freddy Krueger in front of me. So all of a sudden, now I'm tripping up. I see Freddy Krueger in front of me, and he tells me, hey, he's behind you, even the way Freddy is. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? He goes, no, buddy, he's behind you. And I turn around, and I see Pennywise the Clown. And this is the old version with Tim, Car- with Tim Curry, not the new one. So I'm like, okay. So now all of a sudden, I see him like flashing in front of my eyes till he does that whole, in the movie when he like, he gets right in front of your face, he goes, ah. So once he does that, I start running. So this is me in town running for almost two hours, running in town with Freddy Krueger as my best friend, saying, go left, go right. And every single time I would do that, a Pennywise was there. So there was a reason why I was scared of Pennywise. And still, still to this day, I can't stand his growl. I can't, the, the, you know, the old version of Pennywise. Mm-hmm. I can't stand his growl. I can't stand his pictures. Uh, it just, it, it trips me out. <laughs> wow, what a story. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Danny? Uh, horror films? Any, uh, no, not horror films, but any, when you, went, when you were younger, when you went to a theater, anything that caught your eyes or anything that... Uh... Oh, yeah, all the films that I saw when I was a boy, when I was maybe like in the theater, let's say, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old. I remember them all. Yeah. And I remember the ones they showed us in school mm-hmm. when I was maybe five or six years old. They used to show us this film that came from France. Mm-hmm. It was called The Red Balloon. Okay. And it was about a little boy that this red balloon escaped from a bunch of other balloons mm-hmm. and it followed this little boy. It followed him to school. It followed him all around the town where he was where he was walking mm-hmm. and um, it's just a story about this boy and this balloon and it's considered a classic today this film it's on it's on blu-ray yeah it's a beautiful film but you know when you're young like that you have such an imagination yeah and it's easy for a young person to connect with movies because movies are all about the imagination a young person seeing a movie is seeing a different movie than an adult is seeing mm-hmm. They may be watching the same film, but they're not having the same experience. Yeah. So all the films I saw when I was young, I really do remember them like it was yesterday. And I've, I've gone back and collected them, those films. Oh, you have? Yeah, because they remind me of my youth. And, they, yeah. and many of them are just as wonderful now than when I see them um, that as, they, as I remember them being. A couple of them, I saw them and I'll go, okay, maybe now I'm an adult. Not the best movie, you know, but for the majority of them, or excellent films. I had pretty good taste in films when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and I was worried about that when I, I mean, we'll go, jump into this a little bit later, uh, next, in the, in, uh, a little bit later. But I, like, I, was, I was worried about him watching uh, Boulevard Nights, Suit Suit. And, I mean, and he loved them. He uh, loved them. So Boulevard was, Nights is like Pee Wee's Big Adventure compared yeah. to all the films, that, compared to the video games they make today. Yeah. Boulevard Nights is mild. Oh, man. Like, I, I started watching it, rewatching it again because he had watched it. So, because he had a couple of questions. So, um, you know, I watched it again. I'm, I'm like, I can't believe how amazing this, this movie is. You know, like, people don't understand the stuff that, like, I, like I was telling you the other day when we were talking, like, the life over there in LA compared to the life that we lived here because we lived in Central California, which yeah. is totally, it's the same but totally different because here there's Southerners and Northerners. So it's a whole different thing. Yes. But the people don't understand it and see it the way, you know, what, you, what you're showing is the same thing we went through. But it's, it's it, the, the, the way they, they filmed it, the way, you know, the way uh, you acted in that movie, like I said, it just, it reminded me, like I said, my little brother. You know, and right now he's in prison. He's going through some stuff, but you know, it's just life. Like, it's the same thing. It's just reminding me the whole, I'm not dumb. That's the kind of stuff that he would tell us. Well, you know how they sometimes, and I don't know if they did this for you, Junior, but at school sometimes, they have the class create a time capsule mm. and they bury it somewhere or they put it, hide it somewhere. And I think it's not supposed to be open for 20 years or 25 years or 15 years or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Well, Boulevard Nights, to me, is like a time capsule. Yeah. It's a picture of a time that no longer exists. Mm-hmm. That time is gone. It's, it's not here anymore. Yeah. But Boulevard Nights is a, like a Polaroid of it, like a moving snapshot of it. Yeah. And people, when they watch that movie, can literally time travel. Yeah. That's the closest we get to time traveling, is, are these movies that take place 
in the past that capture a time that no longer exists. Silent movies are like that too. When you see silent movies that were shot, let's say in downtown LA, mm -hmm. these movies are shot in 1925, 26, 27. You're seeing downtown LA the way it was back then. And that's just amazing. That's like time traveling for me. I, I look at the scenes where they're riding down the street and you see the cars that are parked on the side. And it's just incredible. It's like, yeah. wow, that's, that's downtown. And you can kind of recognize some of the areas, you know, that are still there yep. after, you know, a hundred years later or whatever. But um, yeah, so it, Boulevard Nights is like a time capsule in a way. It captures a time that um, no longer exists. Yep. But there's always that element of nostalgia that people feel for the past. If they were young at that time, that time will always hold a special place in their hearts. You know? yep. All right. So that was, uh, well, actually, another question. I want to ask you another question, Danny. How was your relationship with your parents? Well, I had a kind of, it was kind of mixed. My mom was um, more active in my life than my father. Mm -hmm. My father was a good man, but uh, he was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. So his alcoholism kind of had a negative effect on his parenting. Yeah. You know? And my mom and my dad came from El Paso, Texas, mm -hmm. where they were raised, born and raised. My dad was born in Mexico, actually, right across the, in Chihuahua, Chihuahua. Yeah. But eventually he made his way to El Paso as an, as an, as an infant, I think. Mm -hmm. So he's pretty much, you know, raised in El Paso. And that's where he met my mom, who was born and raised there. And then they got married or whatever. But they had kind of a hard life back then, you know? Yeah. And their parents were a little bit, um, I don't know how you would say, overly strict. Yeah. And I think my, I think my mom's dad was an alcoholic, too. My grandfather, my mother's side. So mm -hmm. alcoholism ran in the family. And uh, alcoholism is something that really it's a it's a family uh it's a it's a disease that will destroy a family basically yeah it'll it'll break a family in two you know a lot of cracks will and appear. and and back then it was just it was common for everybody to be drinking to be you know my dad was my dad was a, um an orphan so he never knew his parents oh really yeah and i think as he got older that that kind of he was raised by his aunt and you know he there was a lot of issues he had with himself, I think. Yeah. So, when, of course, as I got older and became an adult and all that, I, I look back and I give my father so much credit now for what he was able to do, raising five kids yeah. as a carpenter. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't easy. But, yeah, as far as my parents were concerned, you know, they, they were supportive of me. They, they, you know, saw that I, you know, was involved in theater and acting from the time I was a freshman in high school all the way through my high school years. Mm -hmm. And um, they didn't discourage me at all, you know? Yeah. But um, I, I think it would have been nice if, if my father had, you know, been more together in terms of him feeling good about himself and could have been more of a dad to me. Yeah, I don't feel he was really there in terms of being a father for me, but I don't hold anything against him for it because he was dealing with a lot of stuff personally. Yeah, and as parents, we, I mean, we deal a lot of, with a lot of stuff that, you know, like I said, we try to hide some of the stuff to, with our children because they're not old enough, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, I, like me, I try to do the other way. I, I know because, you know, it's 2020, you know, we should let our kids know. But it's not that. It's just like I tell my kids right now, like, my daughter would have this big hopes of going to college and she, and she was able to go to, you know, to USC and, and this and that. But once she saw that bill and we couldn't afford it, it's, it was like, I didn't want to tell her, but it was a, a, a heartbreak for her, you know, because she's like, I have to pay all this? I go, yes. And we try to get, you know, um, all these um, extra money and this and that. We were able to raise about $20,000, but she still needed $15,000 left. And I'm like, that's only for, uh, for uh, half a semester. Wow. And I told her, I told her, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, I wish I can be rich and give you everything I want. And she goes, she goes, well, I'm not going to, she's smart because she said, the first thing she said to me, I'm not going to be like my teacher. She's 60 years old and she's still paying student loans. I'm not going to take out no loan. Oh God, that is so, so, thank God that she saw that and realized that that's yeah. not the thing to do. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I mean, she said like her teacher, six years old and still paying student loans. It's not worth Ridiculous. it. You're just a prisoner to the system, a slave basically. Okay. Yeah, so now, you know, she's just, she's going to try to see, you know, go to junior college and start off from there, 
you know, it, it, it's, it's hard. Like you don't want to break their heart, but you know, you got to let them at the same time flourish themselves, you know, try to prep them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but it, it, it's hard. Like I, like I tell my son, like my mom was always hardworking. She's uh, worked three jobs most of her every, since I can remember. Um, now she's not, re- she was forcefully retired. She was working at a, at a Burger King and somebody, uh, she was turning in a deposit at the bank and somebody robbed her and hit her in the back of the head. She hit the curve and she went blind. So uh, now she's, you know, she can't work now. Uh, so now, you know, she's, she's on her, she's on her own. I always tell her to move in with me, but she doesn't want to. She's one of those women. She's a strong woman. She's like, I can do it by myself. Don't worry about it. You know, I got it. <laughs> and I feel bad because I keep telling her move in with me, mom, mom, move in with me. You know, wow. And then my my father now, you know, when I grew up, he was same thing like yours. You know, alcoholic. You know, at one point he stopped drinking, but it was embarrassing for when I was growing up because he was always out and about. We never knew nothing about him. Even to this day, we don't know nothing about him. just the <clears throat> random stuff that we hear from people. Like I was telling Junior in one of the other episodes that he asked, I told him, uh, uh, one time at school, the teacher told me, hey. Uh, uh, what do your parents do? You want to do the whole, what do your parents do? What do they do? What do they work? You know, stuff like that. So I said, oh yeah, my dad works at AA. And they're like, oh, you mean AAA the insurance? I go, no, AA. And like, what do they do there? I go, I don't know. My dad goes and he talks to people. This is me at nine, eight, nine years old. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. All of a sudden when I was like 20, 21, I was thinking about this and I was like, AA. I saw the sign and I'm like, Alcoholic Anonymous. Yep. Are you kidding me? This whole time he was working for, he was an alcohol, he was at Alcoholic Anonymous. He was never working. Right. You know, and it was like one of those things when I was, when I was 20, I'm like, how did I ever get this? How did I ever put a text and put two and two together? But like you said, he was having his own problems to deal with that, you know, he would never talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My father was dealing with a lot of things also personally. Looking back as an adult, I realized, wow, he, I, I gave him a lot of credit for what he was able to do. Yeah. Given the circumstances and his mental condition, you know, in terms of how he viewed himself and yeah. his life and all that. The reasons why he drank, basically, you know, the demons or whatever. Yeah. You want to call them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, that's life. That was, that's what was how it was. And I, my escape mm-hmm. was, into all these characters mm-hmm. and the world that these characters lived in and all these plays I did when I was in high school. Yeah. You would get a part in a play and the play took place in a certain world, a certain place that wasn't where you lived and you had different people in the play. It, it was like, it was like traveling to another dimension. Yeah. And I loved it because I could forget all about me. Yeah. And I tried to create this person. What's I like, tried to be this other person. Yeah, it's like we all had an imagination. It's, it's like it, I tried to tell my son, it's like we all had an imagination when we were younger. Now, when days, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you leave them outside and give them a couple of rocks to play, they're going to say, what do I do with this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you said, you, you had to play and that was your, you know, your, your thing to do. But like us, when we were playing outside, we would, uh, our minds would work different. You know, hey, let's, let's a couple of rocks, let's go build a little little hut or do something kids yeah. nowadays can't even can't even do that no i i feel bad for young people these days because um when i look back at least on my childhood you yeah. know that that portion of my life it was a it was a great childhood oh i had a good childhood yeah. i mean you were, i was outside playing all the time yep. i'd be on my bike i'd take off on my schwinn bicycle and my mother didn't know where the hell i was we didn't have any pagers no cell phones nothing yeah. as long as i was back before that sun went down exactly <laughs> and she'd be on the porch calling out my name yep my real name yep you know my full proper name on my birth certificate that's when i knew i was in trouble right <laughs> exactly yeah um, and then she'd say my middle name too that's when i really knew i was you gonna know you're in trouble yeah yeah, the, the chancla was on its way. <laughs> yep. But um, yeah, it was it was great being a kid playing in trees, and I I can't even imagine a kid today climbing a tree. I don't think it's something they even think about. I don't know. Do playing you... in the mud or there, building things or 
just sitting there with your fingers going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, <laughs> holding something, yep. whether it's a cell phone or whether it's a joystick, that just is not a childhood to me. Even, 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 uh, even when we were, when I, when I was in, in, you know, a teenager, um, well, I moved out of my house when I was 14 and I've been working ever since. But prior to that, wow. before, uh, I didn't move out until I was 44. Jeez, that, you're, <laughs> you're amazing. Yeah, I, I moved out when I was 14. My parents were going through a divorce and I just didn't want to be a trouble to them. So you're like, I'm, I'm out of here, man. I'm 14. I'm out of here. Yeah. And so I moved in with my uncle who barely came, uh, lived from uh, Mexico. So I went with him, got a job and started paying rent at that, at that point. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So that's why it's, it's hard because now it seems like I've been working for the past, you know, past 20 years and it's like oh my god it's too much <laughs> i still got so much more to go how young are you now i'm 37 37 i was 34 when i did american me oh really 21 when i did boulevard nights and 34 wow and boulevard nights you look like you were still like 15 well the character was supposed to be 16 yeah because he would have been a sophomore in high school but he dropped out because of the filero yeah and the principal and all that. But um, yeah, he would have been 16, but I was actually 21 years old. I just looked younger. Yeah. Well, I mean, still this day, uh, you still look young. We were looking at the video with the, uh, uh, you were telling me about the, the music video. What were the name oh, again? Oh, the, the Las, Ro Las, Las Rocas? Yeah, Las Rocas. Las Rocas, Las Rocas. Yeah. Las Rocas. Yeah, let me pull it up. Yeah, Las uh, Rocas, sorry. Yeah, uh, we were watching the video and we, we saw you, you know, your little, uh, uh, your, your partner, you were in it. And, uh, and, and I mean, I tell him, wow, he still looks young to this day. Well, I'm still, I'm still fooling him. <laughs> <laughs> A quick question, Danny, those hats, where do you get those hats, Danny? Um, the hats come from a variety of different places. Uh-huh. Um, I have my own now that Summit Hats in Houston has made for me. They've made the Danny De La Paz hat, the first one. Mm -hmm. It's part of a collection that they're going to do over the next three or three years, I think it is. Mm -hmm. um, and they're beautiful hats, too. I don't sell them myself. Yeah. I just license my name oh, okay. and help to create the hat. And then I just guide people to the nearest retailer, you know, depending on where they live, yeah. the, the retailer nearest to them so that they can purchase a hat from from whoever's selling them. Okay. But, um, but there's a lot of good companies out there that are making really, really good hats. Yeah. Depending on the style that you like, whether you like the felt or you like the straw or, you know, there's, there's just some beautiful hats out there. And there a lot of people, a lot of guys and, and a lot of women as well are really into that particular estilo. You know, they like, yeah. they like the hats. Yeah. They're, they're good hats. And then I'm, I'm, both of my sons, they, I would always have them wearing hats like that, you know, when they were younger, but you know, they were like the, Little cheap ones from Target, you know, five dollars. Yeah, yeah, you haven't seen my hat yet. You haven't seen it yet. No, I have not seen it. It's beautiful. It has okay on the outside of the hat. Okay, it has a pin that's mm -hmm. right there on on the band, mm -hmm. and it's a signature pin. It's my signature, but in a pin. Okay. And it's connect. It's attached to the band of the hat, mm -hmm. and then when you turn the hat upside down and you look on the inside that part near the top of it which is called the, the crown yeah is a um sublimated photograph of me crouching down by a 59 um card that like like the 59 impala that i had in uh, boulevard nights yeah and then um inside the hat also there's another autograph inside the inner band so they did a really beautiful job. And then it comes with a little tag with a picture on it. And yeah. there's like four autographs on the hat itself. Just by itself. Wow. Yes. It comes on automatically with four autographs on it. So it's a beautiful hat. There's one that's black and there's one that's tan. Yeah. And they did a, just a lovely job, man. These people, Summit Hats in Houston, did a beautiful job of creating this hat. Really nice. Let me, let me show you the video. The video is called Las, uh, Los Rocas and D Smoke Poquito Mas. Los Racas, I think, isn't it? Yeah, Los Racas, yeah. Yeah, Los, Los Racas and... And D-Smoke. Yeah, and D-Smoke. Called Poquito Mas. You guys give it a listen. You guys will see Daddy in the beginning of the... Yeah, just right at the beginning is a little flash of me there, but it's a really nice video, though. It's very chill. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It was pretty cool. The, 
Uh, I, I was all like, is that guy speaking Spanish? I'm like, are they, are they uh, Puerto Rican? What are they? They're from the Dominican Republic, I think. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I was like, wow, but they seem pretty good. I was like. Yes. And they have a beautiful flow. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's go get on with the show. Okay. So now at this point, we're just going to ask you, we picked out random questions that we just want to ask you. We're going to go around. We picked 10 questions. I'm going to ask you five and then Junior's going to ask you five. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go one and one. Him one and I'll me one. All right. All right Hit Junior. me with your rhythm stick. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Junior. You go first. Um, how much would someone have to pay you to eat a live spider? Oh, like Billie Eilish? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. There's no price. It's never going to happen. What do you think about people that eat uh, weird stuff like that? I, I just don't understand what the, what is the point? You know, what do you, what I don't either. I, I don't get it. Like I, I see the t-shirt, you know, Billie Eilish t-shirt with a spider in it. Yeah. In it. I, I don't even know. I didn't even know if Billie Eilish was a male or a female, but with a spider in its mouth. Okay. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what does that symbolize? What does that mean? Yeah. I don't know, but it's, I think, I mean, I, it, doesn't, I, it doesn't feel good to me. It yeah. would be like what you described about see, getting high and seeing Pennywise. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's what it feels like to me when I look at that shirt. Yeah. I just think, ugh. <laughs> no, not for me. So there is no, no amount of money on the planet. I would not do it. Not do it at all. No. All right. Here's mine. Do you have any superstitions? Superstitions. Well, I used to have this weird thing where if I, how can I say this? If I um, touched my left kneecap, then I had to touch the right one too. Yeah. I, I don't do that anymore now, but I, I used to have that weird, like if I hit my left ear, then I had to hit the right one also. Yeah. I don't know. What, what do you call that? I don't know what that I mean, is. But I, no, it's not OCD, is it? No. It's kind of an OCD thing, yeah. 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 Yeah, I used to do that too. Like before I used to take a shower, like, did I turn left? Oh, I got to turn right now. Like, yeah, okay. That's, <laughs> that's But as far as walking under ladders or black cats or any of that, no, I don't have none of that. Yeah, I, I used to have that. Yeah. Just, it was only in the shower, like I said. It's like, okay, I turn left. Did I turn right now? And then yeah. Left and right. Because then I, I feel like I was, you know, losing my. You weren't balanced. Yeah. You weren't balanced, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Next. Next. If you could jump into a pool full of something, what would it be? A pool full of something. Wow. That's a good question. Well, there wouldn't be money. That's, <laughs> for, that's for sure. I mean, unless it was freshly printed bills. Right. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine how filthy money is. Money? God, oh man, so dirty. Dirty, yeah. They ought to be giving us something to spray the money with, you know. Now, that's funny that you said that because we the other day, as a joke, we got alcohol, and we got some swabs, and then we we just did it on the on the money, and the money was uh, turned uh, the swab turned black. Oh yeah, red. It was like so many different shades. Can you answer all the people that have handled it? Anyway, that's a separate subject, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's a, we'll have to come back to that one. All right, we'll come back to that one. All right, since, let me see. What do you consider your greatest achievement? My greatest achievement? Well, I guess it would be that through my work, mm -hmm. which is something that I was felt very passionate about since I was 14 years old, and something that I loved doing, you know, I have a great love for, for acting and for creating characters and exploring the human psyche, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. But through this work of mine in films, I was able to do something that I had not counted on doing or didn't realize anybody could do, which is to make a connection, to form a connection between myself mm -hmm. and a great deal of many people, a great number of people whom I don't know yeah. that have this, they have this connection. We have this connection because of, because of those movies. Yeah. And I didn't know that that was, that wasn't something I ever aimed or tried to do. 
I didn't even know that was on the menu or that it was possible to do something like that. Um, I mean, I knew people got famous, but that's not really fame, what I'm talking about. It's not that you're famous. It's that, that people kind of grew up with you. Yeah. You like you're in their living rooms when they're kids even. Mm-hmm. And still you're still there when they were adults. And in a weird way, you're like an extension, like a part of a part of their life. Yeah. And um I don't know, I, I feel very proud of the fact that I that my work was able to move people and touch them in that way. Yeah. That made me feel a great deal of gratitude that um I was able to do that. Yeah. yeah I, can, I, I know I don't know a lot of actors that can say they have that similar kind of connection. Yes, there's people that are may, way more famous than me. Yeah. But I'm not talking about fame. I'm talking about the way that people see a person. Yeah. In terms of their work, where they feel a connection to them. Yeah, Some like, it, like that was them at one point. Uh, or yeah, so like they, they feel close to this person yeah. because when people meet me in person, I, you know the the look on their face, the, they look so. They're so happy to see this person that they've grown up with, yeah. but they've never met. And sometimes when they hug me, well, back in the day when you could hug somebody, <laughs> they, you can feel it. You can yeah. feel the, 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 the love they have for a total stranger, basically. Yep. I don't know them from Adam. Yep. But you said they up. have a connection to you for whatever part they like in whatever movie you played. I think that's probably... The thing that um, if people, you know, after I pass and people do look back and write about me or as an actor, it's not the fact that I was ever famous or a celebrity that they'll, that they would write about in terms of my particular situation. It would be more about that. Yeah. But that was my specialty, if you will, you know, that through my performances, I was able to make this connection with people, especially people in my own culture, of course. But yeah. Well, it's, it's just like I told you that when we talked before, I told you, um, when I heard this, like I said, 2013, after I got one of the sign for me, I, they told me that you were in the Santa Fe Springs uh, flea Sweet. market at the Swami. Mm-hmm. And um, I went there four times, Danny, I told you, I went there four times. And you would tell me, come on over, man, whenever you're ready, come on over while you were taking care of other people. Yeah. You would t- and for, the four times I never went, I would just, I, I, I was seeing you in person and I couldn't believe it was you. You know what wow. I mean? I'm like, that's too cool. That's puppet. You know, that's, you know, I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't, you know? And well, you know, some people are afraid to go up to not just me, but other people that they have, you know, admired, yeah. let's say for many years, partly because they fear what if this person is an a-hole, you yeah, know, true. they don't want to have their, memory spoiled or their their admiration ruined yeah by a negative experience like that and i've had people tell me about the celebrities that they've gone up to with all this enthusiasm and excitement only to be dissed by this person yeah and how painful that was i see how hurt they were and i and i probably caused people to feel that way myself in the earlier days before yeah. i became conscious of this connection because i didn't always know i had this connection to people yeah and i didn't know what it was i didn't figure this out until i got into my you know my 40s really yeah that's when i started to realize wow this is deeper than just somebody who's been in movies and people remember you yeah. it's beyond that now you know because even when i was 40 years old which is 19 years after i did boulevard nights Boulevard Nights was still popular. In fact, even more popular than it was when it came out. Yep. So that's what made me think, wow, this is more than just you being known for having been in a movie as an actor. This is beyond that. Yep. And like I was telling I mean, there's only two people that that has happened to me. And I've met a, a various amount of, uh, you know, famous people. And you're one of them. And uh, Kevin Smith is with the other one. Yes. And, you know, Kevin Smith the same way. And... I would go every time to the shows and, you know, I would meet him, but it was funny because my wife goes, you just met him and you would never say nothing. Just take a picture with him. And then every time, and it, w- it got to a point where I've seen him so many times that he already knew me by name. When the first time he said my name, he goes, Robert, get over here. I was like, I stood there for like a minute. And my wife goes, go, he's calling you. I was like, what? How does he know my name? <laughs> but it was just so many, so many times I've gone to the shows that, you know, he, yes, yes. And he's like, I said, he, 
You guys, you guys are so humble. Let's put it, your guys are so humble. You guys realize, you know, and um, like, I mean, he says it in his way. Like, if it wasn't for us, you know, you got you guys wouldn't have. What... It's true. It's so important. It's it's like we we're in it together. Yeah. Because actors can't do what they do if there's not someone to watch them do it. Yeah. If there's not someone to to see your work and to experience your work then it, the, the equation isn't complete. The circle's not complete until not just you've created something, but somebody has been able to experience what you've created. Then the circle's complete. So we really are in it together. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until I got older. And when I did, I took it very seriously. Well, that's good. Hey, everyone. We're just going to pause it right there. Uh, it was a very good podcast that we enjoyed with Danny De La Paz. Uh, it's a two-hour episode, so we're going to split it here. Put the first hour this week and the second hour next week. Hope you guys are enjoying it. He was a blast. I mean, hopefully we have him again. Uh, he said he enjoyed it. Uh, remember, we're having a, a giveaway for uh, Boulevard's Night signed DVD by uh, Danny De La Paz. Um the code word is big BGV B I G V G V. If you guys tap that in the in a post on the Mini Bubbles Facebook, remember you guys gotta go like the page and enter the code word big VGV. At the end of next week, after the second episode is released, we will uh, have the drawing and let's see who wins it. Good luck to everyone! Everyone, please remember uh, like the page, enter the code word. And see you guys next week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed listening, give us a follow on social media at The Mini Bubbles to stay up to date on when episodes are uploaded and hints at future guests.